Hello, friends. I'm Alan Kirshner from Eschatos Ministries. As a Christian, you can't help but hear the news and watch the turmoil of our day and know that the return of Christ is nearing. Bible Prophecy Daily is committed to the daily feeding of God's people to make overcomers. But there is a material cost to this global outreach. Please consider committing to giving to Eschatos Ministries on a monthly basis. You can easily do so by clicking the support button in the corner at the podcast website at BibleProphecyDaily.com. We appreciate you and pray that God will bless and strengthen you. Thank you. You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. This is Bible teacher Nelson Walters, and what we're talking about today is going to change your life. Why so many protesting against Israel is a big problem for Christians. Why it's a monster problem. And if you don't know why it will be a problem, you need to listen to this entire teaching. We have all seen the news footage of hundreds of thousands taking to the streets in the Middle East, Australia, Europe, Canada, USA, all over the world. The streets are full of protesters chanting from the river to the sea, meaning that they want Israel eliminated as a nation so the Palestinians can own all the land from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. And whether you agree with the protesters or not, if you're a Christian, This is going to be a big problem for you. The news media now loves these protests. Most reporters support them, and so they blanketed the media and social media with them. And it's not that Christians are unaware that this is going on. They're absolutely aware. Flip on the TV, you can't miss it. It's just that most don't think it matters to them. Oh, but it does. Believe me, it does. It matters a lot. It's going to change your life. And we're going to explain why today, what it means to you, and what you should be doing about it right now. Because one day, one day soon, it's going to be too late to prepare yourself. And this issue has been dividing Christians as well. I'm convinced that a large portion of our followers are supporting these protests. Many may even have attended a few. So if you're one of these, right now you're probably asking me, do you think these protests should be illegal? Well, of course not. Of course I don't. They're the honest expression of what a large portion of the world's population is thinking and feeling right now. But I do think they are going to be a problem for Christians in the very near future. A problem that 99% of Christians don't see coming but which the Bible clearly delineates for us. To which you're probably thinking, the Bible actually has something to say about this? Well, it has a lot to say about the results of these protests, not the protests themselves. Let me explain. Has it ever struck you as odd that these protests are happening all over the world in regard to Israel? 
Where were similar worldwide protests about Ukraine when Russia was invaded? You know, from the Donbass to Kiev, Ukraine shall be free. I, I didn't hear that. No. Some people put Ukrainian flags on their Facebook pages, but nothing like this. Have there been protests about China's intentions toward Taiwan? Stay away from the sea. Taiwan must be free. No, we didn't hear that. Both of these are land disputes, just like the dispute between Israel and the Palestinians. Absolutely no different. Yet there are no worldwide protests, no vast media coverage. What about Syria and the Syrian civil war just to the north of Israel, where 250,000 civilians, including 30,000 children, have been killed? Where were the protests about this with death tolls that are 20 times as high as those in the Israel area? But there were no protests, none at all. So why are there protests about Israel? I think you know the answer. It's because it involves the Jews. And there is a supernatural hatred for the Jews in this world that has extended back 6,000 years. It's a dispute between God and Satan. So no matter what your political opinion about Israel, two-state solution, one-state solution, etc., these protests are not about politics. They're not about a land dispute. They're about a God dispute. They're about Satan's chess game that he's been playing with God ever since the Garden of Eden. After Satan tempted Eve to sin and Adam went along with it, in Genesis 3.15, God pronounced the solution, something Christians call the proto-evangelium or evangelion. This is a compound of two Greek words, proto meaning first, evangelium meaning good news or gospel. So the first gospel of the coming of salvation. God was going to undo the curse of sin and punish Satan for his role in it. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed, and he's talking to Satan, and her seed, which is Jesus. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Genesis 3.15. The bruising of the seed of the woman was the crucifixion of Jesus. And the crushing of the head of Satan is his final defeat. So from that moment on, Satan has been trying to avoid getting his head crushed. Can't blame him. And these protests against Israel are part of that plan, regardless of whether Israel is right or wrong in this land dispute, regardless of your or my opinions. This is about Satan versus God. And this is partially why these protests are such bad news for Christians. Now, let's look at the different ways Satan attempted to stop getting his head crushed. Satan rightly figured out it was the seed of the woman, the singular seed, the Messiah, who would do the head crushing. So he tried several tactics to avoid the Messiah from coming to the earth in the first place. First, he sent a battalion of fallen angels to the earth in Genesis 6, 1-4 to try and corrupt the genetics of man by having them have children with mortal women. The Messiah couldn't come from corrupted genes, right? So God, of course, took care of this by wiping out the corrupted genes in the flood. God then imprisoned the group of angels that had come to the earth in the abyss so there weren't going to be any more volunteer fallen angels to try that again. 
So Satan had to try something else. Next, in Genesis 11, he attempted to have man create a portal on the Tower of Babel where fallen angels could freely come to the earth. Babel means gateway of the gods. And that is what Satan planned it to be. God defeated this plan by confusing the languages and separating the nations before the tower was complete. In Deuteronomy 32, 8-9, God did something else. He assigned the Gentile nations to be governed or overseen by angels, but he created one nation solely for himself. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he divided the sons of man, he set the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the sons of God. But the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, his allotted inheritance. So from the very beginning of the nations, Israel was different. It was not governed by angels, but by God himself. Then, of course, despite all this, the Messiah was born. And Satan thought, well, maybe he could kill him and be done with it. But as you know, this backfired. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, and those are the fallen angels, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Colossians 2.15, Jesus won the dominion of the world back from Satan on the cross. But he said something at that time in Matthew 23.38-39 that Satan did not forget. Look, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you that you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So, Jesus was explaining that he will not return to crush the head of Satan until the leaders of national Israel, unrepentant Israel, cry out that phrase from Psalm 118, a messianic phrase basically saying Jesus is Messiah. So this is Satan's final scheme. If he can eliminate national, unrepentant Israel then they cannot cry out this phrase. And if they can't cry it out, Jesus cannot return. So why are these protests happening worldwide? Because they are a first step in Satan's plan to eliminate national, unrepentant Israel. No cry that Jesus is Messiah by their leadership, then no return of Jesus and no crushing of Satan's head. That's what this is all about. Satan fomenting hatred of the Jews in order to stop that cry and stop his head from getting crushed. And the Bible recounts this plot of Satan in Revelation 12. First, we see that Satan is cast out of heaven. And the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him, Revelation 12:9. And once he is cast down to the earth, what is the first thing he's going to do? He goes after the remnant of Israel. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child, Revelation 12, 13. But God is going to protect the woman, the Jewish remnant, and hide her in the wilderness where Satan, the dragon, cannot harm her. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle to fly from the presence of the serpent to her place in the wilderness where she was nourished for a time 
and times and half a time. Revelation 12, 14. Frustrated by this and angry, Satan is going to turn his attention to Christians. And the dragon was enraged at the woman and went to make war with the rest of her children who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Revelation 12, 17. So these are Christians. So all this hatred of the Jewish people, all these protests are going to be turned from the Jews toward Christians. That's why this is such a big problem for believers. What we're seeing now is primarily a hatred of God that is being expressed toward the Jews that is going to be turned around and turned on you and me in the relatively near future. That hatred of God is going to be expressed toward us. It is not primarily a political thing. If it were, there would have been protests against Syria, Russia, China. Israel is in the bullseye because of the role they will play in God's end-time plans, not because they're righteous, because they're the ones that will call Jesus back to the earth. Let me say that again because it's very important. What we see in these protests is primarily a hatred of God caused by Satan and expressed by being aimed at the Jews currently. That is why even Jews in other nations who have nothing to do with Israel are being attacked and even killed. But this hatred of God is going to refocus in the very near future after God protects the remnant into a hatred of believers. So we need to be ready for this. It's coming, folks. And when it does, the first effect will be a vast apostasy, a great falling away from the faith. In 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3, the Apostle Paul told us that before the return of Jesus and the rapture, the apostasy would come first. And if you doubt this will happen, think about what happened with COVID. Church attendance has dropped 13% since then, primarily due to simply breaking the habit a lot of people had of going to church. Imagine when the heat is turned up and persecution actually begins. In Matthew 25, verses 1-13, through 13, Jesus tells us of those looking forward to his return. He calls them virgins, but only half of them will be able to keep their lamps lit when the heat gets turned up. Or in other words, maintain their testimony. Why? Because of persecution. In Matthew 24, 9-10, Jesus describes what happens in those days. Then they will deliver you over to be persecuted and killed, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Matthew 24, 9. All nations will hate Christians, and all nations will persecute and kill them. Only a percentage are going to hold on to their faith through this. Those who fall away are even going to join the nations and betray their former churchgoers. At that time, many will fall away and will betray and hate one another. Matthew 24.10 So that is what the future is going to look like, folks. The protests against Israel that you see today will soon be protests against believers. And the persecution against Jews today will increase and then be turned against us as well. So how do you get ready for something like that? Well, first, realize this is something that takes place in a certain order. 
Jews are persecuted first, then Christians. So the first step in preparation is to get ready to help the Jews deal with what is only going to intensify from this place. Jesus has every expectation of us helping the Jews during their time of crisis. Matthew 25, at the sheep and goat judgment, Jesus informs those who enter his kingdom why they are accepted and others are rejected. Now, granted, these things are going to take place during the tribulation. We know that. But isn't it logical that Jesus will reward these same type of acts done prior to the tribulation? Let's look at Matthew 25, 35-40. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers or sisters of mine, you did it for me. The key to this passage is to the extent that you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers. Who are Jesus' brothers other than the Jews? Jesus was a Jew. So Jesus is expecting us to protect, feed, clothe, visit them. I was doing visitations at our local jail today and thought about this very passage. And it convicted me. Why aren't I specifically visiting Jews as well as those who want a Christian chaplain? We should begin to think about all these things Right now, if we want to provide and protect Jews as persecution rises, the way Jesus wants us to, the first step is to get to know them. Have you made contacts in your community? If not, now is the time before Jesus divides the sheep and the goats. They need us now and will really, really need us soon. Of course, after serving the Jews, the next step is to consider your own family and how persecution will affect you. Jesus said you will be hated by all nations. Notice that all nations. There won't be any country that is a safe haven. Being mentally prepared for this kind of thing is the biggest step. Pray for the Holy Spirit's leading on whether you should hide or confront the evil head on. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 